Hello, Heights family. Thanks for coming back with us for another week. We are in week four of the Living by the Spirit series, and we talked about kindness and goodness last week. On Sunday, it was Senior Sunday. Yes. Congratulations again to all of our seniors. Yes. And on Sunday, you said that our soul craves a life lived in the Spirit. More than Rush Week, more than Tailgate Saturdays, your life craves the Mm -hmm. fruit of the Spirit. Now, I went to the University of Florida, Mm-hmm. And I have personally experienced Rush Week as well as Tailgate Saturdays, and they were pretty great. <laughs> but I didn't hear you say that life in the Spirit is mutually exclusive from Rush Week, Tailgate Saturdays, and all the college things. Um, as hard as it is to believe, I certainly think that we can exhibit the collective work of Christ in us at Lane Stadium, or even Kyle Field for that matter, but... Um, I don't feel like you were necessarily comparing a college experience with living by the Spirit, but I do feel like you were saying that one will provide deeper and a more lasting satisfaction, specifically because you use the word desire, you use the word crave. Mm -hmm. Why did you present living by the Spirit, specifically kindness and goodness, as an appetite like that? Yeah. You know... Um, I, I certainly am, am saying that uh, in my college experience, I actually joined a fraternity. I had a lot of fun, and and what uh, fraternity uh, did you join? Uh, Pi Pikes. Pikes. You were yeah. a Pike. Okay. Yeah. Pi yeah. Kappa Alpha. Huh. Yeah. 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 I had to stop and think. <laughs> it's been too many years. It's not a commentary on age. <laughs> that is a commentary on age, actually. So, but um, you know. What what I'm saying is that that the deepest longing of our soul, when it gets to be lunchtime, we're going to desire lunch, uh, and then supper, we're going to desire supper. But there's a there's a longing in our soul that is even deeper than a desire for lunch, deeper than a desire for rush week or tailgate Saturdays, and and that really is life lived with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I could go back way further and I could say, okay, ever since we got kicked out of the garden, we've been longing to get back to the garden. Yeah. And and that is life with God in the garden. That's a picture of heaven. It's going to be unbroken fellowship with God, with others, and with creation itself. And so we long for life lived with God. Now, that life lived with God is a life where we experience kindness, where we experience goodness. Only God can grow that in us. But when we get a taste for that, oh man, it's uh, rush week is awesome. Oh, but it's better than rush week. It, it, lunch today, hopefully, will be awesome. I'm thinking a lot about food here. Uh, but, but, but if if I experience God growing kindness in my soul today, that's going to be even more awesome. And so, I'm just saying, my soul craves that. Well, you mentioned the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. Um, you know. Augustine would even say that from the very beginning, we've, we've tried to clothe ourselves. From the very beginning, we've tried to find different ways to fill. Um, well, he would say it like this. He would say, you know, our hearts are restless until they find rest in the um, Westminster. would say that uh, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Pascal would say that we have a God-sized vacuum in our souls. 
And so to say that we're almost like existential sharks constantly looking for something to sink our teeth into is to say that we're creatures that were created to worship. Yeah. What are things that we often look for that we think are going to fill the God-sized hole in us? We look in terms of people. We look in terms of ourselves. We look in terms of stuff relationships, everything else. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah, it's the, the idea. Uh, some people are just looking for security. So, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, when it comes to money, I'm going to make a lot of money. And, and I love the old saying, I'm going to make all I can, can all I get, and then sit on the can, you know? <laughs> and so it's, it's, but, but I'm doing that because that's going to fill this vacuum in my soul that I've got to be secure and I've got to have enough money to last me until I die. You know, I I really, uh, David, like to think in terms of living out of who you are. Uh, that's not who you are primarily, just a, a physical being. I need safety. I need shelter. I need love. You know, no, 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 no. You, you are a new creation in Christ. And God created you with a whole new set of hungers, desires, the deepest longing in the soul of someone who is a child of God, if you even use our five Gs, really is. Uh, not just to be saved by grace, that's the, that's the starting line, right? But then it's to live by grace, to every day just wake up and, and just realize, oh, I don't have to say, God, how am I doing? Instead... I can wake up and say, God, how could you be so good to me? And and my soul hungers for that, longs for that, to just live in this awareness that I've received God's grace and, and nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. And we could go on and it'd be too long, but I, I long to gather. My soul breathes when I'm in the gathering with other believers and my soul longs to grow. So my soul just is like a fish in water when I'm reading God's word and hearing God's voice and entering into his presence and then walking in obedience. And when I'm not doing that, my soul just it, it atrophies. It, it, it's like a fish out of water. My soul can't get oxygen. And we could go right on. Uh, your soul longs to give time, talent, and treasure. Your soul, soul longs to go. Well, when you start to break down the idea of growing, that's growing in Christ's likeness. And so my soul longs to grow in kindness. My soul longs to grow in goodness. And just break that down on a practical level. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't like trying to hide the best, uh, the worst parts of me. Yeah. And you don't either. No. Nobody loves trying to remember the last lie we told, right? We, we long for the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Goodness is just where I'm actually like Jesus on the inside and I'm not just projecting that I'm like Jesus on the outside. It's, it's internal goodness, and, and our soul longs for that, where I can just be honest and transparent about my struggles and honest and transparent about my desire to live like Jesus. So uh, there, there's a craving in our soul for that, uh, and, and that doesn't mean that we don't crave supper and, sure. yeah, love and a lot of other things, right? Well, where I pick up on it is, is that – 
you also use specific pronouns in your preaching, but you also just use specific pronouns. Now you use plural pronouns. We, us. One of the things that you often say is that our faith formation, our spiritual formation is a team sport. Yeah. What does that look like in generating kindness, um, in generating goodness? Not that we generate it, but it's Christ generating it in us. But how much of this is a team sport? How much of this is doing it together with the gathering? Yeah. Yeah. I I always go back to team sport because I'm reminded every day when I pray our father and I want to pray my father (laughs) and uh, give us this day our daily bread. And frankly, I just want to talk to him about my daily bread and forgive us our debts. I just want to talk to him about forgiving my debts. I'm reminded that this is a team sport, that God actually wants me to bear one another's burdens. God wants me to encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Well, we can encourage one another in spiritual formation. We, We can't spiritually form each other but we can encourage each other in it. And so when there's a lack of kindness or a lack of goodness, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. We can speak truth into someone's life, but it doesn't have to be a judgmental condemning truth. If somebody is living a double life, speaking truth into their life, team sport is to say to them, you know what, God doesn't want you to have to live this way where you're concealing and hiding and and living a double life. God wants to free you to be real and to be who you are. In other words, we can speak that kind of truth into each other's life. I'll tell you, when I'm not kind, my wife uh, understands it's a team sport, and, and she will definitely tell me, honey, that's not the way God wants you to live. He wants you to see others like Jesus sees them and treat others like Jesus treats them. And in what you just did, you didn't treat that person like Jesus would treat them. Well, she can't form kindness in me. I can't form kindness in me, but she can point out where I'm not kind. And then she can tell me she loves me and she's praying for me. That's a team sport. And, and it uh, we, we spur one another on to love and good deeds. And it's a team sport. And therein lies the glory, but also the intense difficulty of the local church to where things can get dicey. Things can get difficult. We can be misunderstood. There can be miscommunication. And yet this was the thing. This was the apparatus that... Jesus has said he will build and the gates of hell will not overcome it. That's right. And this is how he's going to do it through yeah. the messiness that is the local church. I yeah. love that. That's great. Yeah. Um, it was senior Sunday. Yes. And um, apparently our, our 12th grade life group leaders, um, Mike and Becca Russ, Christy and Scott Ty, among others, mm. um, are, are doing this really cool series to where they're teaching students what to look for in a local church as oh, they go that. off to their their new university towns. Um, they said things like, look for their what we believe page. If they don't have a what we believe page, don't go there. But they've said things like, look for the inspiration and authority of scripture, fall and resulting depravity of man, personal work of Christ, salvation by grace through faith, necessity of the local church, restoration of humanity and creation. Things that our Lord's brother Jude would say in Jude three, things that we are to contend for things that have been once and for all handed down to the saints. I think it's so important that students are able to 
see these broad orthodox doctrines present in the local church. But if those are the doctrines, what would you look for in the distinctives? Let me put you in the context here to try and help us think through this. Gary Singleton is sending his kids off to college again. Mm -hmm. Say the church is doctrinally aligned, doctrinally correct. Okay. What are you looking for distinctly in a healthy church? I I really believe that that you know I say all the time we are more committed I am more committed to being biblical than I am to being Baptist. So I want a church that's going to open up the Word of God and preach and teach from the Word of God, not not just one story on top of another. That that in seminary we called skyscraper sermons, right? And, and so there's just story after story. Uh, open up the Word of God. It's the truth that that sets us free. And so find a church that preaches the truth, and and then find a church that you have fellowship and community in. Because the truth is we need each other. It's an our father, not my father. Yeah. And give us this daily bread, not give me my daily bread. And so find a place where you connect, where you have community. And and if they're preaching the word of God and you've got community, then then yes, in a perfect world, find a church that's on mission. Mm-hmm. that takes seriously what does it look like to love God and love others and then they're living out loving others uh, in a perfect world yes it's concern for needs in the community but but it's also a church that loves others by making disciples and baptizing them and then teaches those who are becoming disciples how to obey all that Jesus has commanded them to do. So that's a perfect world situation where they, they're preaching the Bible, there's community, and they're on mission together. That's the way I'd summarize it. Preaching the Bible, community, on mission together. That's really good. Even to take it further, I mean, I'd say that preaching the Bible – are they opening the Bible yeah, on Sunday yeah. mornings? Yeah. I mean, if the preacher... Or at least their, their Bible app on their right, phone. Right, or something. <laughs> you know, if the preacher, the teacher, the communicator is not opening up a physical copy of the Bible or has an iPad or has a phone where they're actually preaching from the Bible, eh, it's a yellow flag. Um, community, look for the multi-generational aspect. Yeah. When you're 18 or 19 years old, um, I know that everybody who is above the age of 30 seems ancient. I get it. But God designed our church to be a multi-generational expression because Titus 1, the older men are to teach the younger men. Older women are to teach the younger women. There's wisdom in age. And even with going on mission, is the gospel proclaimed in a specific, in a clear way, and is it applied in discipleship and mission? I think those are great. So teach the Bible, community, go on mission. Yeah. And if we wanted to, and I'm sure we've got to be out of time, but you know, I do love, and we don't have enough time to go into it, but but a church that's preaching the kingdom gospel. Amen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And not just a forgiveness gospel. Hey, you pray this prayer and you're going to go to heaven. And not not just a, you know prosperity gospel. Man, if you'll follow Jesus, he's going to bless you with your best life now. But a kingdom gospel where if you give your life to Jesus, you're declaring that he's your king and you're declaring that you're going to follow him as your Lord. That's more of a kingdom gospel. and uh, But that's the gospel that, that we preach. 
It's the gospel that has been believed everywhere, always and by all. A gospel that says, I'm coming in and I'm taking over. Deal with it. (laughs) I I confess you as my Lord. And yeah, that's confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. That's the gospel we've always preached. That's right. Amen, brother. All right. Thanks for taking time today. Oh, it's been a blast. 